John chapter 8, verse number 32. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Truth is not relative. Truth is not multicultural. Truth is not pluralistic. It's exclusive. If, if this is true, then the opposite of that cannot be true. Right? If 2 plus 2 equals 4, then it doesn't equal 5, doesn't equal 6.5, doesn't equal 3.99, it equals 4. Truth. And yet we live in a day when truth is played fast and loose with, that's for sure. It's a sad commentary that we expect our uh, politicians to lie to us. I mean, really, is anybody here that doesn't expect them to lie? I mean, I'd, I'd like to talk to you and figure out how you're thinking and what you're thinking about. Um, we've long since past the time, I think, when politicians just tell the truth and like Harry Truman said, the buck stops here. We've, we're just past those days and it's sad in our country. Ye should know the truth and the truth will make you free. Let's pray quickly. Father, thank you for the word of God. Help me to deliver this message, I pray, and encourage your people today. May we leave here moved and motivated, but most importantly of all, may we leave here free from sin by the power and the grace of God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Some little more than 200 years ago, we were not a free people or a nation. We endured the intrusion of a high-handed government into our livelihood and our homes under King George. The King of England gave no ear to our concerns, nor thought to the hardships he was placing upon us, and our forefathers finally got a gut full of it and stopped it. Our forefathers who had come here to escape the tyranny of religious oppression were not pleased with the governmental oppression that England put upon the colonies. Still, for God and for conscience' sake, they suffered under the heavy-handed English for a very long time. I wonder how many of us know why we revolted, how they put us out of our houses, put soldiers into our homes without our permission, uh, had confiscatory taxes, uh, tried to take away, in those days communities would put all their powder and shot together, usually because they were going to have to defend the community from uh, Indian attack or some other nation. And the British decided that they were going to disarm us, take our shot and powder, and when they did that, that was the end. Uh, we picked up our squirrel guns and deer rifles, all smoothbore muskets, and, and we began to kill the British troops. We didn't just go to war, we killed them. I, we, it was serious business. Eventually, our forefathers rebelled, and their cry became, Give me liberty or give me death. I'm afraid today the cry is, Give me comfort, and I don't care if I'm free or not. 
This same spirit of give me liberty or give me death has taken us through many difficult hours. We about lost the War of 1812. They burned the White House. Uh, the British were taking our troops and our sailors off of sailing ships and conscripting them into the British Navy like they were still under the English thumb. And uh, if it wasn't for a guy by the name of Stonewall Jackson, I don't know how things had turned out. Excuse me, not Stonewall Jackson, uh, old Hickory Jackson. Andrew Jackson, there we go. Got my Jacksons mixed up. Andrew Jackson, and they, you know, you ever heard that song? We fought them down there and they shot them till the, they began a running. I better leave some of them words out. They stuffed a alligator full of cannonballs and lit him up somehow or another. Well, we got through difficult hours. And I'm going to tell you why we got through, because we were willing to die to stay free. The Civil War was a horrible time. I commend to you the study, at least somewhat, of history. If you don't know anything about what I'm talking about, shame on you. You need to study a little bit about history and know some things. Because if we don't know it, we may repeat it. We might make the same idiotic mistake. Of course, our government has seen socialism fail every place it's ever been tried, and yet they keep trying it here thinking we can just do it one more time, spend this massive amounts of money, we'll be okay. But our, our bent has been we want to be free. We don't want the government intruding into our life. I'm going to say something that may sound harsh. I don't mean for it to. But I want less government, not more government. And because most of us want less government, we don't get involved in government. And so what happens is those who are liberal, those to whom government becomes their religion and is what they really want to do, then uh, as polite as I know how to say it, the scum floats to the surface. And in a lot of ways, the people who are elected to represent us have no concept of us. I remember a number of years ago, they, Congress and the Senate voted themselves a $36,000 a year raise. This has been a pretty good while back. And uh, uh, Al Gore was blathering on about some stuff, and I wrote him a letter, and I said, you've given yourself the raise. It's the annual salary for a family of four. Don't tell me you understand me, when obviously you don't. And, of course, his mantra was, well, baseball players make more money than us. And I said, baseball players don't cost me a dime because I don't go to the game. You, on the other hand, cost me money every day of my life. And our congressmen and our senators do cost us money out of our pocket every day of our life. But this spirit, give me liberty, give me death, got us through the Civil War. 600,000 dead to, to stop a horrendous practice. And we fought over states' rights. I mean, a lot of different things involved. But it was the sovereign will of God that we stay a nation. Pearl Harbor, we look back on World War II as a sure thing, but those who were living it didn't look at it as a sure thing. We lost nearly 3,000 people the day that Pearl Harbor was attacked, 2,500 and some odd, something like that, 26. A horrendous day. 
And then the, the Japanese swept through the, the Pacific. The Germans were already at the, the beaches of France. And it was a horrible time, and we didn't know if we'd win or not. D-Day, June the 6th, 1944. The average age of the man who fought in World War II for the United States was 26, by the way. They, we did have a lot of younger guys, but the average age was 26. Vietnam, I think the average age was like 19 or 20, very young. But men stormed out of LSTs, jumping over the sides and everything else under extremely heavy German fire to storm those beaches to make Europe free. When we, listen, when we were done, we could have had Europe. We could have just kept Europe. That's what the, the Soviets did. The part they'd conquered, they just kept. But America didn't. We've never wanted to colonize the world and control the world. Thank God for that. This give me liberty or give me death is extended through our struggles with extreme, fundamental, radical, whatever you want to call it, Islam. And I think today it's being tested in a great way over whether socialism is going to be in our country, whether it's going to be the way we do things or not. Unfortunately, many of our higher... Uh, institutions of higher learning are cranking out socialists by the arm loads. Young people who've never had to pay their own way in life had things handed to them. Think that, I guess, that the government just gives you whatever you need and you'll be okay. If the government gives you what you need, it, what, who was it that said it? I can't remember. It may have been Gerald Ford, somebody maybe before him. Any government big enough to give you everything you need is big enough to take everything you got. Freedom is the dearest of all rights. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men are what created equal. Freedom is the dearest of all rights. We have a desire. And freedom is a desire to lead a peaceable life. If my next door neighbor is a Muslim and wants to be a Muslim, I can live with him as long as he'll leave me alone. You know? If, if in my community we have people who are uh, uh, Ekankar or Rosicrucians or Theosophists, you know, if that's what they want to believe and be, then I have no problem with that. I'm going to try to win them to Jesus, as Brother Kevin was talking about, but I'm not going to try to strangle them or burn their house or I'm not going to go and paint on their, on their church signs or something and try to run them out. I want to lead a quiet and a peaceable life, and I want other people to be able to do so as well. Freedom means you can enjoy the fruits of your own labor. Amen. That's, that's called capitalism. By the way, the Bible is a capitalist book. It's not a socialist book. The, my, my Bible says when man won't work, he shouldn't eat. And if you don't eat, you get pretty hungry. It didn't say in there, we'll, we'll feed you if you don't want to work or you just don't feel like up to it. Now, I'm all for taking care of people who need help. I have zero issues with that. Got physical issues or other things that keep them from being able to work productively, then I think we as believers, certainly in our society, have an a, uh, obligation to help those folks. Uh, freedom is a desire to determine the destiny of your own life. In socialism, they may assign you a job. 
They've certainly done that in places. Uh, freedom is a desire to help others be free. It's a desire to worship God according to the dictates of our own heart, not according to the dictates of our government. And we're, we're grinding gears with the government right there at this particular point. I'm not going to play this pronoun game. It's in our military. I, I watched a, an officer of some sort talk about how the gay stuff's going on in our military. And I'm thinking, man, I'd hate to have to be in close quarters with all that. But again, I hold no animosity towards them. I disagree with their lifestyle. And I'll not have it rammed down my throat that it's normal. That's not going to happen. For those of you who maybe are not aware, when they had the Gay Pride Day at the, the White House, there was a, I guess, a transgendered woman. I think it used to be a man, now it's a woman, pulled her top off and walked around topless. They're not trying to get us to accept them. They're trying to get us to knuckle under in every degree. And we warned, preachers warned when they did same-sex marriage in 2016, this is what we'd get. And it's not going to get any better, it's going to get worse. We don't want to call them pedophiles anymore. They got, what is that, minor attracted individuals or some kind of crazy nonsense. Well, if, listen, if you've got a sexual desire towards children, you're a pervert. Freedom is a determination to hold to these principles. Freedom is a determination to pass them on to our children. We want our children to know these things and believe these things. To live or die free. By the way, that's the New Hampshire state motto. Live free or die. That's not just words. That's what they believed. Now, I don't know if they believe it today. Freedom is the lump that comes in your throat when your eyes catch sight of our flag or your ears hear the sound of the star-spangled banner. I remember when I was in Romania, Brother Ed Hembry said that he was talking to a Romanian guy and he said, we watch you Americans how you stop and salute your flag and how you sing. And he said, some of you show emotion in your face. He said, we have nothing to be excited about with our flag because they had been under the communist thumb for so many years. They'd lost the, the idea of being patriotic about their, their country. Now, I well recognize that patriotism and Christianity are not the same thing. You can be an atheist and be patriotic. You can be an agnostic and be patriotic. I understand that. But there's nothing wrong with being a patriotic Christian either. The two are not mutually exclusive. And somehow in 2021, 22, and 23, it became popular to try to put uh, patriotic things out of churches. So we don't need that. Yeah, we do need it. We want sanctified patriotism. We're not trying to, uh, I'm not trying to tell you how to vote. I'm not trying to force you to vote. I think all Christians ought to. You ought to be registered and ought to vote. But if you don't, that's your business. But I, I see no harm with us singing the Star Spangled Banner or Battle Hymn of the Republic. Those are 
uh, songs that stir my soul. Freedom has a dynamic, and it's the dynamic of our society. It's what drives us. If I go to work and I work hard, I can get a promotion. If I get promotion, I get more money. If I if I uh, start my own business, I have liberty to do certain things. We we want to be able to do that, and it's what drives our society. And when government puts its heavy thumb down and said, "You've got to make a cake for these." Uh, same-sex things or, or whatever else it may be of, of a perverted nature. And this one that went through the Supreme Court here recently, a web designer, said, I'm not willing to, to design a, a website and put up what this person believes. I cannot do it as a Christian. Why does that even need to go to court? It needs to go to court because we've got a bunch of socialists, weenie-back people, uh, serving in political office. We don't understand life without freedom. I get in my automobile. My, my wife and I recently went to Branson, and I didn't ask anybody's permission. We drove through Arkansas. We got up to Missouri. We didn't have to stop at the borders and show our papers, explain to them where we were going. You need to get a real concept of, of what freedom's about. Now with the EU, you can travel pretty freely, but it used to be, and, and I've done it, when it went from country to country to country to country, you had to stop, go through and tell these people what you've been doing while you're there, and you drive 100 feet and you had to stop again, and there was the other side of the border. So we were leaving Poland and going into the uh, into Slovakia. We had to do both sides, and then we get down there, got to go to Hungary and uh, they say they got a sound that they play if you don't stop properly. They play a sound of machine gun fire. And if you don't stop before the, the, the little recording stops, they just go on and shoot you. Well, I, I'm glad they're not doing that now, but that's the way it used to be. Freedom, we don't have to ask anybody's permission. I want to go to Florida, go to Florida. Want to go to California, I don't know why you would, but if you want to go to California... Get in your automobile and drive. you got enough money to pay for the gasoline there and back. Help yourself. It's a part of our understanding. It's, it's everything about us. We are used to liberty and freedom. We can get a job. We can quit that job if we don't want to work. You can buy a house. You can rent a house. Uh, you, you can be on the grid or off the grid if you can live in the woods by yourself. We have liberty. We have freedom. We're used to that. The love of freedom is what identifies us as Americans. It's the outgrowth and direct outgrowth of a love for soul liberty. If you ever watched the old movie by Cecil B. DeMille, The Ten Commandments, the introductory section to it, they talk about how that out of that Jewish uh, exodus, out of the Jewish desire for liberty and freedom, the, the movement of what you and I understand as freedom today, that's the birth, that's the, the touchstone of it. It's what gave us America, this idea of liberty, freedom. Well, freedom is also freedom from. It's not always freedom to. Look in the book of Matthew chapter 1 with me. Matthew chapter 1. 
Matthew 1 and verse 21. And she, talking about Mary, shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Wasn't that a beautiful name? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Oh man, what a wonderful name. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now, that implies that there's a bondage or oppression. If you read the book of Judges, you'll find that God's people went into the promised land. Joshua finally dies. They still hadn't conquered everything. And so, uh, when you get to chapter 2, the angel tells them there that they have failed to follow through and there's going to be some problems. But they went through a cycle. And they would be oppressed by the Midianites, Philistines, wherever it might be. And they would get oppressed. They would cry out to God. They would get right with God. They would get liberty. He would give them a judge. Who would, and they'd go out and fight and battle and win. And then they'd go right back through that. And they just kept doing it and doing it and doing it. I want to tell you today that sin will put you in bondage. It is a bondage. We just read in John chapter number 8, The truth shall make you free. Uh, matter of fact, verse 36, it says, and, and the, If the Son shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. Bondage. Sin holds sinners in a death grip. We call it all kinds of things. Addictions. I know that there's a physiological addiction to medic some medications. Uh, people get addicted to illegal drugs or they get addicted to improper use of legal drugs, I think is the biggest thing today. And we have to be careful about those things. But we use addictions, you know, and, and we call them that, a lot of times it's just sin. Amen. Listen, this Bible's either sufficient or it's not. Sin holds sinners in a death grip. Addictions. Immorality. Immorality gets a grip on people. It's almost like drugs. Something because the wall of separation's not up, because they don't have their guard up, whatever it is, or maybe they're just giving up on, on being uh, separate, you know, uh, under their wife or whatever. They, they get involved in immorality, and immorality gets a grip on people that's hard to pry off. It's a sin. You say, well, we, we're consenting adults. I don't care if you're consenting adults or not. Sex outside of biblical marriage is a sin. Probably one of the biggest bondages that people are in is indifference. You try to talk to them about the things of God and it just doesn't matter to them. They'll listen and say, well, I appreciate you talking to me. I'll think about it. They don't really care. They're indifferent. It's bondage. Hebrews chapter number 2. Hebrews chapter number 2. We're, we're still talking about this bondage aspect. Hebrews 2 verse 14 and 15. <coughs> Excuse me. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Now, I don't think any of us here today are just anxious to die. 
just saying, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to die, Lord, let me go right now. I don't think any of us are at that point. But one of these days we're going to be at the point to where we're ready to go. If you know that your sins have been dealt with, when death comes, you'll be free. But if you're leaving this world without Jesus Christ, if you're leaving this world without any knowledge of God, you're leaving this world and you don't know what you're facing. I've dealt with many people who are dying through the years. I've, I have preached, I don't know, 220 some odd funerals in these 42 years. People everywhere from a few minutes old all the way up to 100. Death's no respecter of persons. But the fear of death is a bondage. Here's what bothers most of us. How am I going to die? What are the mechanics involved? You know, if, I, if I'm just going to go to sleep and not wake up, that's okay. You know, if I'm just going to be walking along and then bammo, I'm gone, I can deal with that. But none of us wants to hurt. We're scared of the mechanics of death, and I don't blame you for that. But can I say this? When, when that time comes, God will give you grace. God's not going to fail you at that point. If God didn't fail you in saving your soul, God's not going to fail you when you face death. Look back at some of the things you've been through in your life. Some of the difficult things that you faced. Things that you just thought, I can't get by this. I don't know how I'm going to deal with it. And yet God's grace was sufficient. God sustained you. When you come to die, God's not going to desert you. I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee, the Bible says. I told my Sunday school class this morning, if you remember on the cross, Jesus made seven sayings. The first was, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. The next to the last, best my understanding, is my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Jesus died on the cross in your place. Died because of your sin. He was deserted by God the Father so that you will never be. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, it's impossible for you to die alone. Because Hebrews 13, he said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. You're indwelt by the Spirit of God. And He'll be there with you when, you when you kiss this world goodbye. You can bank on it. You don't have to be under that bondage. But people were under that bondage because they had no hope. Freedom gives you hope. The ultimate bondage, of course, is hell. I wished hell didn't exist. I wished I never had to mention it. Wished I never had to think about it. But I'd be a dishonest preacher if I was not willing to tell you that if you leave this world without Jesus Christ, there's only one other place you can go, and that place is hell. The, the Bible says it was prepared for the devil and his angels. It wasn't prepared for men, but if you reject Christ, if you reject God's only remedy for your sin, where else could you go? Carl Sagan had the idea that his mind, he would die and his mind would just go out into the universe somewhere and be gone. Unfortunately, that's not true. Had a guy tell me one time, well, if you're a bad person, when you die, you dream bad dreams. If you're a good person, you dream good dreams. 
Just one problem with that. There's nothing like that in the Bible. Christians leave this world and step into the presence of God. Our problem is we were born into this bondage. Our sinful lives. Freedom has a price. It costs something. Politically, our national liberty, thousands have died so that you and I could be free. So we could do exactly what we're doing right now. Thousands have died so that on election day you can go and cast your ballot. I hope they count them right. I'm not sure anymore. But you do have the privilege of going and casting your ballot. I, I remember watching uh, with great interest when they first voted in Afghanistan and voted in Iraq. Remember they, they would put that purple dye on their thumb or their finger, one of the two. And they said like 80 some odd percent of the population voted. We don't do that. I'm not even sure half of the population votes. But it, it's a low percentage. Thousands died so you could have this liberty. We ought to respect them. Listen, I, the church sent us on that spiritual heritage tour. And I went to Arlington Cemetery. I nearly broke down. The rows of crosses of men and women who died, most of them serving our country. Making sure we could be free. And I'm astounded that some people can look at that and it not move them or stir them. I realize everybody doesn't have to be like me. I'm not sure it'd be a good world if everybody was like me. But I want you to be stirred when you hear the Star Spangled Banner. More will die for our liberty. Every year, a certain number of police officers are killed in the line of duty. Every year, a certain number of service members die. Whether they're uh, practicing, you know, doing maneuvers, or in actual combat, they're still serving our country and they die. And they're doing that so you and I can be free. They, they stand willingly between us and the bad guys. You know, when a fire starts, everybody runs away from it except the firemen. Right, Brother Jerry? When the shooting starts, everybody runs away except the police. When the war starts, our men put on their uniforms, kiss their wives and babies goodbye, get on a plane, a ship, some other means of transportation, and they go to take the battle to the enemy instead of allowing it to be on our property. That's what freedom means. Spiritual liberty. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. God wants you to be free. He wants you to be, he so wants you to be free that he gave his son to die. He died a sacrificial death. Jesus didn't just die to fulfill prophecy. He didn't just die because God had pre-planned that. He died in your place and in mine. Vicarious sufferings, penal substitute, a lot of different terminology used, but he died in my place and in yours. 
we have spiritual liberty one of these days, the Lord's going to come back and take us out of here. Let me give you a couple of practical thoughts and read something else to you. There is a yearning in man for liberty. If you're raising children, you know exactly what I'm talking about. There's a yearning inside of them for freedom. You know, you've been used to dressing your little kid, and then all of a sudden they say, I can do it, Mommy. You've been used to having to feed them, and boy, happy day when they can feed themselves. Best days when they're potty trained. But as they begin to grow, they, they get up around 10, 12, 13, 14 years old. They begin to stretch their wings a little bit. They want to start making some decisions. That is that yearning for freedom being expressed. We want to make sure we guide them. We want to make sure we give them the, the truth and the principles so they can make good decisions. But I'm going to tell you, your kids are going to make decisions whether you let them or not. But there's that yearning. In man for liberty, the, the Jews said, we, we were never in bondage. We're Abraham's seed. The Roman government was over them right then. And that's why Jesus said, ye should know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. There's a yearning in man to know God and to know God's approval. Secondly, there's a need for man to know and to love his creator. Look in John chapter 1 with me again. John chapter number 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. Without Him was not anything made that was made. We read that. But look in verse number 9. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Every person is born with a God consciousness. They may make themselves into an atheist, but they were born with a God consciousness. He was in the world, verse 10, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. Thirdly, there's an opportunity for you to know God today. If you're an unsaved person, you've never been born again. I'm not talking, have you joined a church? I'm not asking, have you been baptized? I'm not asking you, did you sign a card? I'm asking you, have you ever trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. You can remember doing that whether you remember the day it happened or not. If not, there's an opportunity for you to know God right now. You can know Him. And might I say, sometimes God's people get a little distance from the Lord. Peter did, didn't he? Peter, do you love me? Lord, thou knowest I love you. Feed my sheep. Hey, Peter, do you love me? Yea, Lord, feed my sheep. Simon, do you love me? Peter finally had to say, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. What was the problem? Peter denied the Lord three times. Now three times he gave an affirmation. If you're a believer today and there's some distance between you and God you can leave here closer than you've ever been. Psalm 32. You don't have to turn over there. I'll read it to you. Psalm 32, verse number 4. 
me get the right chapter. Here we go. I sought the Lord, and He heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto Him and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. Listen to this text. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him, and saved him out of all his troubles. So preacher, I know I'm saved, but man, my life, my, my Christian life is not anything like it ought to be. Call on Him. You had to call on Him to get saved. Call on Him now. He won't desert you. Freedom has never been free. It costs our spiritual liberty because God is Son. Freedom has never been free when men have been pressed and become desperate. They're brought to a point where they're willing to pay any price to be free. The price for this land, America, has been blood and due diligence. I grew up as a child. I, I was born in 1953, so the World War II had been over eight years. Um, the Korean conflict, I think, ended just about that same time, 1953 or so. So I grew up watching Victory at Sea, things like that. And I would watch and I'd just be amazed by what those men would endure. I saw a piece of, of a battleship. It was, it was the side of the battleship. I guess it was that thick. And the piece that was there showed where a, a shell had gone through it. I can't imagine being on a ship thousands of miles from dry land and people shooting shells at me that stand this tall that'll travel 20 or 25 miles and, and hit with great accuracy and when they hit, blow me up. But we had men with grit in their crawl who got on those ships and said, if it takes my death, I'm going to give my country freedom. I'm a little claustrophobic. Not real bad, but a little bit. You wouldn't ever get me in a submarine. I don't know if you know this or not, but you get in a submarine, a lot of times the men there playing around, they'll tie a tight string across from one side to the other. And as the deeper they dive, that string starts getting loose because the pressure on the hull of that ship actually shrinks the, the interior dimension. I couldn't deal with that. I tried to think through what those men in that submersible that died over by the Titanic, I, I had hoped they would find them alive on the bottom and be able to raise them. But I can't imagine being trapped in that thing and dying. If I've got to die in the water, I want to die on the top of it. But we've had men and women who have put themselves in place to make sure you and I can be free. When you become desperate about your sin, when you become desperate about your sin, when no price is too high, no demand too great, then you'll understand your condition and you'll see your way to Christ. I can't make you feel your sin. I can't put the weight of it on you. But I want to tell you it's there. And I may be speaking to someone today 
who you know exactly what I'm saying because sin's weighing heavily upon you. You're under that pressure. You're under that bondage. And you know you need to do something. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in thy house. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Freedom. Freedom doesn't come from a government. Government's supposed to maintain freedom. We, had our, we got our own freedom. We believe that God gives us our liberties. Not that they're granted by the federal government. But the greatest authority in all the universe, God, is willing to grant you freedom today. You say, preacher, you don't know what I've done. You don't know how bad I've been. You don't know what kind of sin I've committed. For whosoever shall call from the name of the Lord shall be saved. You, don't, you have a wide open permit from the God of heaven. Would there be someone today say, Preacher, I've been trapped by sin. I know I have been. Would you pray for me? Would you just slip your hand up and hold it? Pray for me, Preacher. I, I need to get things straightened out. Anyone at all. Would we have a believer who'd say, I'm, I'm drifting away. I'm not nearly as close to God as I have been or could be. Would you pray for me? Would you slip your hand up and hold it a moment or two? God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else while we wait just a moment? May we stand to our feet with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. My Heavenly Father, I pray you'd speak to us from your word. Remove anything that was just Freeman Weems today and pull it out of the minds of the hearers and let the Word of God dwell richly. Give liberty to your people. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. What number, brother? Number 667, if you would get your hymnal.